Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. If something goes in the opposite direction of where I want it to go, what's going to happen? And when I say that, I mean, If I have a physical good and I put it in the mail and it didn't get to the person in the way it left me, what do I do? What if that person opens it and has an allergic reaction if it's a cream? What if they open it and something uh, explodes or it uh, does something in the box? What do I do? These are all the things that that photo shoot you weren't thinking about. When you wanted that logo, you weren't thinking about. And then that person is is injured to the point where they say, I'm going to sue you. Or I want some money from you, or I want you to pay my medical bill, but I don't, you don't have that. What do you do? You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, episode 234. You are listening to Your Dream Business Podcast, and I am your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love, then this is the podcast for you. Each week, I will share with you business, marketing, and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. The club doors are open. Woo! I'm so excited. I am so excited. Um, It's been a long time coming. Uh, They've been shut for a long time. Well, we've been behind the scenes, sorting everything out, changing everything, making the whole new thing come to life. And I am so, so glad that I can finally welcome you into the club. It has been so much fun. So let me explain the levels of the club, because I know that uh, now there's three levels. I just want to make sure that you you get what's at each level and, and also explain to you what you get at each level as well. So the three levels of the club are the club, the club plus and executive club. The club is $19 a month. The club plus is $97 a month. And the executive club is $197 a month. 
So let me explain to you what you get in each. Okay, let's start with the club, $19 a month. So you get access to level one of the dream business growth path. So that amazing growth path that I've put together, all of level one's lessons you get. You also get all the training courses that are attached to level one. So for instance, let's say in level one, I I talk about social media and I tell you to focus on one or two platforms and you're brand new to it and you think actually Instagram is my thing, but I don't know how to use it. Then there's an Instagram course that then teaches you how to use it. So for each area of the growth path, there's normally some extra training that I've got. So you also get access to that. You have a monthly live Q&A. Now, this Q&A is a Facebook live in the Facebook group. You can submit questions beforehand and I will answer them on the live. And you get that for about an hour every month. And you also get a recording of that. So if you can't attend live, but you have a question, then by all means, put the question in the group and I will then come back to you and say, I answered it and it'll be on the recording. The other thing that you get as a club member, which is so important, and I debated about whether this was in at this level, but it's so important. And actually one of the big reasons people join my world is you get the monthly mindset sessions. So the monthly mindset, sh- oh gosh, careful how I say that, monthly mindset sessions, you get these on um, once a month, they're on Zoom. So you're on camera, I'm on camera. Obviously, as always, you don't have to be on camera, but most of my members do because we're very friendly. Uh, you're on camera. And then basically in those mindset sessions, I walk you through a mindset exercise, varying different ones to varying different levels of your business and different challenges that you might foresee. So we've done things on limiting beliefs. We've done things on on imposter syndrome. We've done things on time management and we've done stuff on meditation. We've done stuff on journaling. So lots of different things around mindset just to help you really get confident with your mindset. Then you also get monthly content hours. So this is not with me. This is with the amazing Becky McAvoy from Be Heard Social. And she will take you through a content hour session where she will answer your questions. She'll give you tips and advice. She'll help you plan some of your content. So the thing that you've always got to do every month, that social media content, you can come to a content session and you can help get help with that. You also get bi-monthly challenges. So every other month we do a challenge in the group. So we've done things like Instagram challenges. We've done LinkedIn challenges. We've done content challenges. We did mindset challenge. But basically for that week, every single day I give you a task. And at the end of the week, I pick a winner and you get a prize. Um, So they're really helpful and really good to keep us focused. You also get the Facebook groups. Obviously you have access to the Facebook group with everyone else in the club and in Club Plus and an executive club. And you also within that group get weekly inspired actions. So every single week I put an inspired action in there of one small thing that you can do that week. So for $19 a month, honestly, it's a steal. It's so, so good value. And as with everything, you can either sign up for the year and get a discount or you can sign up for the month and see how you feel and, you know, see if it's for you. So that's what you get in the club. So let me talk to you about the club plus. So the club plus is $97 a month. And obviously you get access to everything I've just said, but on top of that, you get all levels of the dream business growth path. So you get level two and level three stuff, and you get all the trainings within the membership. So all the trainings that relate to level two and level three and above, you get access to them. 
on top of the $19, the, the key thing here is that you get the monthly Zoom coaching calls. So these are calls where bit different to the Q&A that you come along, but you're on camera and I ask you to unmute yourself. Because often what I find is when someone is having a question, I normally have a few questions back. So it enables me to dig a bit deeper into your business. So basically those coaching calls are available on the Club Plus and you get them every month for, I say an hour, it's not an hour. They're normally about two, to be honest, depending on how long, but I normally answer everyone's questions and people come on and just listen because they normally learn so much good stuff. You also get, sorry, I'm just scanning down the list. You also get monthly team co-working. What I mean by team co-working is it's not with me. It's one of my team. However, what they do is they give you the space to co-work. So we open up my Zoom room and you come in. And at the beginning of the Zoom, it's a two hour session. We ask what you're going to be working on. You all quietly work together. And then we keep you accountable at the end to see how you got on. So that's part of plus. You also get free access to the online version of the SOAR event. We have an event called SOAR and um, you get free access to that, the online version. You also get the members only podcast. So all the coaching calls are and all the Q&As are put onto a members only podcast and you get access to that. So if you can't make a Q&A or you can't make a coaching call, then you can listen to it afterwards on a podcast app uh, as a private podcast in the car when you're doing your things whatever, whatever, because I know it's not always easy to have that on your computer watching it. Uh, And then the other thing you get on top of the other stuff that I've already said in, in the club is you get quarterly goal setting and bonus coaching call. So in the club plus, I get you to set quarterly goals and then I give you a call halfway through the quarter to see how you're getting on with them and see how I can help you do any better. Uh, if you need help, which you may not, you may be amazing. Okay, so that's the Club Plus, $97. So what are you getting for the $197, which is quite a jump, I get it, but believe me, the support is a jump too. So everything I've already mentioned in both those two levels, you get access to. In the Executive Club though, what you get in addition is you get two extra co-working sessions with me. So you've got your one co-working session with lovely Becky and you get two extra co-working sessions with me, which I do with you. So I co-work alongside you. Uh, so I ask you again what you're working on. Halfway through, I normally do a check-in and then at the end, I check how you've got on. You get two extra coaching and accountability calls. So the difference in these coaching calls to the ones you get in the Club Plus is that you on these calls, I tend to go make sure I speak to everybody and I literally have your quarterly actions up in front of us. We do it on a spreadsheet. So I look at your actions and I go, how are you getting on with X, Y, Z? And I ask you for dates and I keep you very accountable. So those coaching calls, like I said, two extra a month. So you then get three in a month. If needed, you get all that extra accountability and I know exactly what you're working on. You also get a quarterly half day goal setting. So once a quarter, at the beginning of the quarter, we get together for a whole half day online and we look at what you're planning for the next quarter. We put together the quarterly goals. We focus on where we are. We look at any problems we might got. We do a bit of masterminding, various different things. We tweak and change them as we go. Um, But they're really useful. You get private challenges. So one of the private challenges we've just done is a money making challenge. And The goals that people set for themselves are really impressive and some of them exceeded them by five times. So 
we did a, you know, we did some activities. I got on a call every single morning with them saying, okay, what money-making activities are you doing today? What are you going to sell to who? Try this. Have you done this? Have you done that? So again, that accountability is so key. You also get VA access to the Club Plus. So you, one of your team members can have access to everything in Club Plus. So they can see all the trainings, they can do all the courses, they can go through the pathway, they can watch the mindset stuff, anything's in there, they've got it. As a executive club, you get an extra online day for SOAR. So we get our own private day. And you also get a private Telegram group with me and the other members. So sometimes we chat about what we've done at the weekend and niceties. Sometimes we cheerlead. Sometimes we moan. Uh, you know, it's there. We are your family business network. So those are the three levels. That's the difference between them. My hope is that there is something there for everyone and that basically you will fit somewhere within that. And then as you grow through my help, you'll then grow into the different levels if you start on some of the lower levels. So I'm really, really excited about the club being open. Please do go take a look if you haven't. It's fab. I've had so much good feedback. I'm I'm loving it, as always I have. Okay, anyway, on with today's. Oh, I should probably tell you where to go. TeresaHeatherowing.com forward slash the club, and it'll be in the show notes. On with today's episode, as I've just spent 10 minutes telling you about the club. So today is an interview with the lovely Nikosha. Now, let me get her bio in front of me. So Nikosha is a business and intellectual property attorney for the last eight years who assists primarily women creatives who want to protect their income producing ideas. She safeguards business with brands assets, ensures intellectual property is secure and not stolen, allowing the business owner to creatively operate in their genius and not be robbed of what's rightfully theirs. She serves clients in this space throughout the United States. So this was such a good conversation. Now, if you sat there thinking, oh, legal, like that's a bit how I think about this stuff. And I had to, I've had to really kind of kick myself to, to look at it and to kind of focus on it and make sure we've got everything in place that we need. But she says some really good advice. If you're just starting off where to start, if you're growing a few other things you need, she's so good. I really enjoyed chatting to her. So I will just leave you to see what you think. Enjoy this interview. Okay, it gives me great pleasure today to welcome to the podcast, Nikosha Anderson. Nikosha, how are you doing? I am well. How are you? I am good. I'm actually, I do have a slight croaky voice. I did my first in-person talk, which I haven't, I want to say my first, not my first ever, as in since the lockdown. And I think the excitement of being on stage and seeing people again. People! Yeah, like I've come home and I'm a bit like, oh, my voice is a bit. So if I do sound a bit funny to my audience who hear me all the time, that'd be why. Anyway, I'm super excited to have you on because as I was saying to you before we jumped on, I've wanted to bring someone on to talk about this subject for a while and it never quite came to fruition for whatever reason. Obviously, the universe had its plan, made a decision and here you are, which is perfect. So before we go into all of that, I always start the same way and I ask you to introduce yourself to my audience and tell them how you got to do what it is that you do today. Okay. Well, again, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Nikosha. The same cue sound is in quote. I'm a business and intellectual property lawyer. So I typically work with people who have goods or services that they want to provide to the market. And oftentimes my niche is creatives and who utilize the internet to service, to provide their goods or service to their consumers. So I became a business lawyer based upon my experience with business. 
uh, since I was about 13 or 12. Both of my parents are entrepreneurs and they are, have professional businesses. My mom's an accountant. My dad's in um, transit, uh, transportation logistics. Mm-hmm. So he's having a fun time right now with the supply chain. Oh my That's goodness, not I can't even imagine. <laughs> and um, so I have been integrated in business since from a very early age. But then I also had a desire for technology. So in my undergrad, uh, in my undergrad time, I took a uh, contracting for technology class and fell in love with the law. So I figured I can blend the two. And here I am today. Amazing. So first off, when I think like when you say, so what's your, what would you say your official title is? My official title is business and intellectual property attorney. Attorney. Like that just sounds really serious. Like how many, how many years did you have to study to get to this? So in uh, in the States, our typical plan is you have to have an undergraduate degree. You don't yeah. have to have a master's degree. Okay. So you technically could go from undergrad to law school. Yeah. Um, so that's four plus an additional three years of education in law school. Yeah. Then you have to take what we call our bar. Our bars are know. divided by your region or your state. So you have state bars and you will have to take your particular state bar in order to assume the title of an attorney or Esquire that will afford you the ability to get the letters behind your name. Now you can go to law school and you can say, Hey, um, I have a Juris doctorate degree, a Juris doctorate degree, and I am educated in the aspect of law, but you are not authorized to practice law until you have passed a bar. Okay. It just sounds crazy intelligent. Like Honestly, well, you. it's that you sound so super smart with letting you do this. And it's well, you know, it's big. It's a big thing, isn't it? It is a huge thing, especially for being a woman of color um, in the United States. Less than 5% of the uh, practicing attorneys are people wow. of color and Black Americans. Sorry, so, let me just get that clear in my head and for people listening. People of color, not females. Mm-mm. It's people. So mm-hmm. any gender... Five percent. Five percent. So black, black, black practitioners are five percent of the profession in the United States of America. We make up about 13 to 14 percent of the population in general of millions of people, 13 percent. So and only five percent of us are authorized to practice the law. And that number is even decreased when you start subsecting it to women. And then you go further down business, even yeah. uh, science-based laws like patent attorneys. Yeah. One of my great friends uh, from law school, she makes up 0.2% of Black women patent attorneys in the United States of America. That's... Not even a whole percentage point. Can I just like touch on this? This wasn't why we brought you on, but I'm interested to mm-hmm. to kind of talk and just go into this a little bit. Like when you decided this is what I want to do, how did you feel or how... How was that? Because obviously if you're going into education to learn to do that and you are that small percentage, mm-hmm. that must have been really either intimidating or well, what was it like? How did it feel? It didn't feel like any other place for me because I'm so used to being the only in the spaces that I go into. Unfortunately, that is the honest to no. God truth. Yeah, um, I'm usually the only and you adapt to that role accordingly it is isolating it is stressful and it is disappointing and it's a lot of pressure yeah and it's one of those things where if i fail my entire 
group of people fail. And that's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Mm. So you learn to do the best you can do and go with that. If you continue with the mindset of if I fail, then people behind me are going to fail. Yeah. It's a little bit too much. And my therapist says that I don't represent the entire uh, group of black women or black professionals in the space. So I only represent the quotia and that's how I have to maintain my sanity. I love that. I love that. That's, that is a great way to protect yourself because like you said, that feels like a ridiculous amount of pressure that any one person could put on themselves. You know, it's a lot being the first of anything in any part of the world, you know? So yeah, huge. Okay. So what I brought you on to talk about, and it's, I know, right. You're going to talk about this stuff and I'm going to sit here and think, Oh, I haven't done that. Oh, I don't do that. Right. (laughs) Because I promise you, I won't slap your hand. Okay. That's good. That's good. I mean, I will do it to myself. (laughs) I'm sure. But we want to talk about like the legal side. And obviously, bearing in mind, if you listen to this, we're talking very generically. And I'm assuming yes. that Nikosha is going to say, if you have any questions, you take legal yes. advice. So you, took, you took it right out of my, <laughs> yes. So I was just going to say, before we get into anything, I have to give a disclaimer to say that nothing we talk about here today can be treated as personalized legal advice. Nothing I say is intended to create. And your listening does not mean that we have an attorney-client relationship. So let's get back into these beautiful messages. (laughs) You've done that before. (laughs) Just a little bit. So one of the things I wanted to talk about first, like, and I did, I alluded to this while we were chatting beforehand, that when people start a business and I hold my hand up, this is me included. You're like, right, I'm going to start a business. Mine was a very quick decision. So what do I need? Oh, I need a website. I need to do marketing. I need to say what I'm going to sell. I need to like probably get a brand. Nowhere at any point does anything legal ever or ever came into my head. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's the case for most small business owners, most entrepreneurs when they're starting out that no one thinks about this stuff? I would say this is just a statistic that I came up with based upon the people that I've interacted with. 95% of you don't think of that. No, 95% of you are not thinking about what entity, if I should even create an entity, should I operate under? Most of you are not thinking I need to create a business account separate from my personal assets to conduct this business. Most of you are just saying, I need a website. I need photos and people need to come see me because I want a branding shoot. I need this logo and I need to get with a graphic artist so I can get this flyer out. I can get this out. I can do this and this and this. You want to go to the the sexy bits, yeah. the naughty parts. Yeah. You want to go there first, right? You want to get really sexy and naughty because yeah. this is fun, right? The naughty yeah. bits are fun, but that's not going to sustain you. That's only going to give you a quick little, whew, yeah, just like, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's quick, it's fast, it's dirty, it's over. Yeah. And now you're left with feeling like, now what? Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. afterwards you're now feeling like, now what do I do? And that's where you get the consult with me or a practitioner where you live. And we sit you down and we actually develop a real strategy that's going to be a sustaining business. And what I always tell people is we got to think with the end in mind. No business is forever unless you really intend for it to be a family legacy. And that is a goal that your family has, not a goal that you have for your family. Good point. Good point. Because a lot of times people say, oh, I want a business that's going to surpass me. I want to be like Johnson and Johnson and Coca-Cola and Sam Walton or Jeff Bezos. We never hear of Jeff Bezos' children. 
or we never hear of Elon, you know, nice. like we don't hear about their family members who are quote unquote going to take this on. So you need to be real with yourself, real with your family and real about what goals we can actually accomplish for our business. Right. Yeah. So I think we should begin with the end in mind. So that's what, are, what is our goal? That's really interesting because again, I'm thinking like, you know, if you said to me, what's the end in mind for the business? I'd be like, well, I'll probably just do it forever. Like, and obviously that's not the case. I'm not going that's to do it forever, case. you know, because no. hopefully at some point I may want to retire, but like, uh, well, yeah. you know, but yeah, what, what would I do? What am I doing with it? Like, and especially for someone like me where I am my brand, I am, mm-hmm. I'm the reason people work with me because it's me, you know, and I mm-hmm. speak on stage and I create the content and, you know, so yeah, I think, and that sounds like a scary thought to have. Do you find Very. that people are a little bit like, eek, I don't know? Yes, most definitely, because they're just like, but Nakosha, I am just trying to make some money, girl. Yeah. Ain't nobody thinking about that. Yeah. I need to make this sale. And I'm like, I understand that. And I want you to go out here and make it sale because it's definitely going to change your mindset about how you feel, about how you feel about your business, how you mm-hmm. conduct your business. All you need is one. So when I tell my consultant clients and they come to me and they say, hey, Nikosha, I'm struggling, blah, blah, blah. I've never made a sale. I've never done this. All I tell you is we only need one person to say yes. Okay. Once we have that one person that said yes, it was going to change everything for you because then you're going to activate client journey. Then you're going to activate how I'm going to deliver what I said I'm going to deliver. Then you're going to activate how can I get another person to say yes? Because mm. I like that. I like the feeling I'm having when you that person said yes. Yeah. I like seeing that Stripe uh, alert go yeah. off. I Don't hate how alert. <laughs> that you you like seeing your bank statement go from zero to whatever comma or whatever yeah. amount of zeros you can change, right? Yeah. But we got to think about if something goes in the opposite direction of where I want it to go, what's going to happen. And when I say that, I mean, if I have a physical good and I put it in the mail and it didn't get to the person in the way it left me, Mm -hmm. what do I do? What if that person opens it and has an allergic reaction if it's a cream? Mm -hmm. What if they open it and something uh, explodes or it uh, does something in the box? What do I do? These are all the things that that photo shoot you weren't thinking about <laughs> when you wanted that logo you weren't thinking about. Yeah. And then that person is is injured to the point where they say, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. Or I want some money from you or I want you to pay my medical bill. But I don't you don't have that. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Yeah. This is where you sit down and develop strategy. Do you really think that everyone wants to use that analogy that Amazon was created in, in, in Jeff, um, just Bezos garage yeah. or Microsoft was created in a garage. You really think they just sat down in front of a computer and said, we're just going to start typing code or we're going to start developing this without actually having our strategy or a goal. I'm sorry. You can believe the illusions from that photo as much as you want, but that is not the accurate. Everybody has to have some form of a goal or a strategy in place. And then you branch it off into smaller sectors. Mm. That's life. If you get that framework down, if you get that framework down in your lead time, how are you going to get the people to you? If you get that framework down in onboarding, what does that feel like? Mm. If you get that, um, that's going to trigger you to have certain agreements in place, certain uh, methodologies, mindset, all of that is, yeah. is one big bubble, right? So when you enter the sphere of business, understand that it's a little bit more 
and having a logo and taking a photo. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, so, you know, some of the stuff you said there, which is so right. First off, starting from a process, that's really good because then you can identify the steps and then, and then you can see the potential on each step. Do you, mm-hmm. do you find that like, so when you were saying, you know, what if this happens? I'm like, <gasps> like literally sat here having a little heart attack. <laughs> I didn't even have a physical product. But like, what is it because people don't want to think about what could go wrong? Nobody does. Is it almost like we bury our head in the sand and think, let's just not think about that. And that might be the reason why. Or is it that we just, we just don't think about it full stop? Most people don't think about it because it's scary and we don't want to go to the scary view. Nobody buys a ticket purposefully to go to Scaryville, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not a fun place. There's not attractions. They don't have the snacks. <laughs> so why would I go there? Yeah. But it's that Scaryville, most people are familiar with Lion King, right? Mm-hmm. And I use this analogy a lot. And when Mufasa told Simba, everything the, le- the light touches is our kingdom. Mm-hmm. But what about that dark, scary place over there? Yeah. We must never go there, Simba. Yeah. <laughs> So it's one of those things where that dark, scary place where Scar was, nobody wants to go there, but it still existed. And the hyenas came up every now and again, right? Yeah. The hyenas came and approached where the light touches. Yeah. So when the hyenas come in your business, Mufasa is not always going to be there. We saw that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You got to have a plan in place on how you're going to deal with the hyenas. Yeah. Yeah. So let's think if you're starting a business and... You don't have these things in place because as we've already identified, probably lots of people don't. No. And they're thinking, what do I need? I think what comes into lots of people's heads and what probably comes into mine is to go and find someone who knows what they're talking about is going to cost me a lot of money. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Let's, let's so, scratch that myth right now. You're going to spend more defending than you would if you were on offense. It's yeah. better to be proactive than reactive. Being reactive always costs more. So your perspective or the people you're consuming information from will tell you, oh my God, it cost me this amount of money and I had to pay this and I had to be that. But zoom out a little bit and figure out were they being reactive or were they being proactive? Mm. So we have to consider the source of the information. What type of, where were they in the journey when they Mm. consulted with the lawyer? Are they trying to get me to do something that they did or do it before they had to do it? And Mm. I say that because oftentimes, oh, most people's experiences with lawyers is negative. They'll say it's a negative experience. I didn't like it. I felt icky. Nobody wants to feel icky. Right. But I tell people being a business lawyer, I don't want you to feel icky unless you like icky and icky is your jam. But what (laughs) I'm saying is I want you to feel educated. And I'm learning most practitioners aren't educating their clients on why we're doing what we're doing. They're just doing it. It's a done for you service. Hey, here's your entity articles. Here, go set up your bank account. Here, go do this. Here, here's your trademark protection. Here, here's your contract for your independent contractors. Here, here, here. But you have no idea why you have it. You have no idea when you're supposed to use it. You have Mm. no idea what it says and why. So, so you resent paying for it because you don't get it. You don't get it, right? Yeah. So what I like to do, and I know some other practitioners, and we are changing the landscape of law. And I'm hoping that with this pandemic season and the integration of more technology, more practitioners are sitting down and actually taking the time 
to learn about the different learning styles of people, the way you can map information for those particular learning Mm -hmm. styles, because that is going to change how people interact with you and your business, period. Mm -hmm. And number one, you don't need a whole, this this is a mini rant. You don't need a lot of clients to make a lot of money. Yeah. You don't need a lot of customers to make a lot of money. You need Mm. raving fans. Mm. You need raving fans. And how do you do that? By having the best client experience you can ever have. By having the best Mm. client journey you can ever have. That learns, you learn a specific group of people. You learn how they do what they do, why they want what they want. And then Mm. your product or your service and you serve the heck out of them. Yeah. That's how you change. And when you get into situations and you have to consult your lawyer, your lawyer will have already educated you on, I need an independent contractor if this person is not going to be my employee. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure I have the proper insurances for if I'm shipping product and making sure I'm doing the right tariffs and following the right trade policies if I'm shipping my product outside of my country. I know why I have to do this because it's a regulation and this regulation says this. And because I'm in there, this category of practice or candles or whatever you're doing, yeah, yeah, you know why you need mm-hmm. an independent contractor agreement. And basically it's a Bible between you and that person is outlining the basic instructions on how you're going to operate in mm. this business. Yeah. And I think something you just said there, which is really important. We often have a very, when it's things like accountants or lawyers or anything like that it's like it feels really heavy and it feels like it's from a negative point mm-hmm. and it feels like it's nothing to do with the thing that we do like mm-hmm. do you see what you know yeah. for me I think yeah. the way I would look at it it's like well well the accounting bit that's over there and any legal stuff that's over there and that's nothing to do with the thing that I physically do every day but what you just said which was so key was the fact of by having these things in place, it makes you a better business owner. It makes you provide better service. Mm-hmm. It makes, and I talk about this all the time, it's really interesting and, and on a very basic term, it's setting expectations. Yep, early. That's that's all it is, isn't it? But in a, in a more smarter, more formal, I guess, mm-hmm. a more protective way for you and them. Yeah, because, it's for everybody. You know, yeah, it's for like, everybody. Let's take, uh, you know, an independent contractor. I work with freelancers. I only have freelancers. Mm-hmm. I don't employ anybody full-time in the business other than me. And I trust those freelancers with a lot of my business, like a lot of my business. Mm-hmm. You know, I trust that they're not going to go and steal the stuff I create. I trust that they're not going to, you know, go and give it to someone else. I trust. But Until obviously, they do. What, yeah. What do I do? Exactly. I haven't got a leg to stand on. So that's what it feels like. So you need to have a standard in place that outlines that in the event of a disclosure, you are liable in this way. And it was it was brought up at the beginning. It's sort of like a dating experience. Right. It's like I like to be hoarded in the words of my grandma is coded. (laughs) We are coding. They over there coding. That's what my grandma (laughs) calls it. But it's one of those things where you set the expectation. If you know you're not going to receive phone calls after 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. and you take that call at 9.58, you broke your yeah, your boundary mm. with that person. If you know your office hours are from 9 to 5, 
then you answer that call at mm-hmm. 530, you broke a boundary. You have to set the expectation. If your policy is all orders have to be received by this day in order to get next day and they didn't do it. I mean, it is what it is. You can't have the expectation that you're going to get next day if you didn't meet the standard. If my mm-hmm. independent contractor is out here using the logo in a way or brand standards in a way that 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 I don't approve of, if I don't have anything written down to guide that individual, I can't get upset. No, no. So let's say someone sat there thinking, oh, okay, you've you've kind of (laughs) made me think about this. And it's hard, isn't it? Because I'm sat here thinking, I nearly use the words of like, okay, you scared me. And and that's the way sometimes it comes across, but it's not- I don't want to scare you. I want to bring to your attention- and yeah. do it in a way that maybe make you consider like right now you're probably thinking, do I have things in mm. place for my freelancers? Right. Mm. And this is what is so important because you don't want, you want to be a leader in your business to not saying pull the levers, but you yeah. understand how the levers need to be turned. I didn't yeah. say you had to be the one to pull them. You just need to know how, what's going on, right? And why Mm. we're doing what we're doing. And good leadership will trickle down because you have a goal in mind and your people, your followers, your tribe will follow you because they want to meet that goal with you. They believe that they can help achieve that one particular goal. People love having metrics to meet. It it excites us. It delights us. It makes us Mm -hmm. happy. So if you have parameters on how that's going to happen, meaning you're an independent contractor, you are not an employee, you're not getting benefits. However, mm-hmm. I will compensate you in this way. And in form of compensating, you will do these certain things for mm-hmm. me. And by doing these certain things for me, you may create something for my business. But understand, if you create it for my business, my business is going to own it, mm-hmm. not you. And understand that if you operate outside of these confines, I'm going to have to let you go. But understand everything you did before you got let go stays home here, the business. So just think of it like that and be clear and make an environment to where that's not even something that people are thinking about. Yeah, exactly. It's just a given, isn't it? It's just a given, right? If you do good to your people. Your people will do good for you when you ain't even around. Speak your name, do awesome, amazing things. And one thing I always try to encourage business owners to do that they don't do is authorize people. Mm. You need to authorize people to be able to handle things when you are not around. If you don't want to be burnt out and you don't want to be stressed Mm. out about stuff, authorize certain people to say, handle this up until this level. If it gets to this level, activate me. Yes. Yeah. You had to change the dynamics of your business and then to change the way you may not have to incorporate legal with some things because Mm. you have happy people. Happy people will talk to other happy people and you will have a conglomerate of happy people. But there's going to be some one off chances where people are not going to be happy. But if you authorize people and understand why they're getting authorized and when the confines of what Mm. they can and can't do, it'll change things. Yeah. It was funny you saying that years and years ago, I was at a networking thing, you know, when you did in-person stuff a long time ago. And there was a guy there that owns a shoe shop and the shoe shop in, in the UK called Timpsons. It's a well-known shop. It's, mm-hmm. When I say it's a shoe shop, it, is it a shoe shop or is it a, like it? they reheal shoes? And He's a cobbler. You know, yeah, like a cobbler. Yeah. So he was basically saying that they has to, used to have this big customer service center 
in their head office where if anything went wrong in any one of the shops, it all came back through there and there was a lot of paper, a lot of stuff. And what happened with him is he changed his policy and suddenly gave that authorization to a higher level to all of his store managers and basically said, you can now pay out to, I don't know, 500 pounds or something in order to fix anything that you feel needs fixing Mm -hmm. in order for it not to go to the head office. And they literally like skimmed it down to nothing that was coming through them because they gave people that authority to make that decision themselves Mm -hmm. rather than each tiny little thing had to then go up the chain, go through the whole process and be a pain. Whereas it could have been dealt with like that. Exactly. They'd have the authority. And the more things move up the chain, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. The worse the responses, the worse, because there's more time brewing. The problem yeah. is cultivating more. Yes. It's sort of like a big storm, right? Yeah. The more time, maybe if the, the if, uh, we have hurricanes, right? Here in Florida, yeah. Yeah. the more warm water and the more time that storm can get around that warm water, the worse it is going yeah. to be. And that's the same thing with a problem or a clog in your business. And side note, business owner, you might be the hurricane in your business. <laughs> Love you, mean it. But most people don't understand that they're creating a lot of problems. Yeah. From their inability to let things go, from their inability to authorize people, from their inability to delegate, from their inability to actually write down and take from their brain how to operate the business. I always tell people this pandemic was the try and true season. What I mean by that is if you didn't have things in place and you were the only one who knew how to do what it needed to be done, you're failing. You fell miserably because Mm. nobody was activated. There was no written policies. You didn't know how to handle things and your business probably imploded. Yeah. Yeah. And like all this stuff that you're saying, it just makes so much sense. And the other thing that's really coming across is that this isn't, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, this knowledge that you come from isn't just because you did your law school. Heck no. (laughs) Like, obviously this comes from the importance of bringing on someone who specifically can talk about this stuff because you're not just shouting law terminology and you need this contract and that contract. You're understanding someone's business, how they operate, how the business works and touching areas that wouldn't necessarily be seen as an area you need to bring a legal aspect into. And that is that is what separates me from a lot of business mm. just practitioners. I'm one of those I want to get in to see what we're doing, how we're doing it because we my job is to project as much as I possibly can for future instances, right? I want to mm. be able to oh, they're not oh, they got a launch coming. Hmm. That means mm. they're going to have a photographer, a graphic artist. Boom. I need to make sure that those independent contractor agreements are on point for that project. Hmm. Yeah. That's a new project. Oh, my God. That's a new product. We need to make sure we're protecting it before we release it to the public. Have we trademarked it? Have we copyrighted the materials? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, mm. my goodness gracious. They are having a new employee. We got a new person in marketing. Hey, new person. Yeah. <laughs> we need an employment agreement. I need to make sure that they have this. Boom, 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 boom. You see how I did that? That's all legal, but that's all business stuff related. This is what happens when you cultivate a relationship with someone who can understand what is going on and project what you you see. You didn't even think about any of those types of agreements. All you're talking about is launching. Yeah, of course you do. You're just like, I'm going to do this thing. Let's get it out there to the world. And my framework is this. 
We need to create, we need to protect, then we share. Yeah. Create, yeah. And protect, then we share. Now we can protect and share, though they can go parallel together. Yeah. But we need to protect before we share. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, I need to, I need to like think about this. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on, because because I'm thinking some of these business owners, they might have literally just started. They might feel like I haven't much. got the money to invest. I, you know, so how good or bad is you as a business owner sitting down and writing some terms of business yourself? <laughs> I just <laughs> You could see what I just saw. Like literally the eye roll was brilliant. <laughs> that is so good. I'm so I'm sorry. guessing that's a, uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. <laughs> really? Like, Asterisk. <laughs> starting with the basics, like what what is the minimum you want someone to do? What's the, like if someone is sat there going, yeah, this is really well and good, but actually money is really tight. What what would you say the minimum is that they need to do? How tight would it be if you got sued? Well, yeah, exactly. How and tight would it thing. be? How tight would money be in the event that a customer complained and said that they wanted all their money back? Yeah. Can you afford to do that? If mm. you answered no to those questions, then you really need to sit down and think about how your business is going to operate. And I get it. I started this business with $20 in my pocket. I didn't yeah. have all of this. I didn't yeah. need all of this. Yeah. yeah. Until you had that first complaint, until you got a government letter because you didn't file the proper taxes, until you got notice from your local uh, government saying you didn't have the proper business license, until mm. it's always up until, isn't it? It was never you were yeah. able to make X amount of dollars for this amount of period. It was always up until. Yeah. And yes, there are business owners who have been in business for years and have skirted the system, but it's up until they find you up until this happens, Mm -hmm. your behavior will change. So one of the key things I can always say from the very beginning is insulate your personal assets from your private assets, your business assets. So you can't two separate accounts. If you can't do anything else, if you can't write uh, first terms or conditions or whatever, at least Mm -hmm. start here with separating and creating a separate, distinct way of life from your Mm -hmm. personal assets and your business assets. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. That's that's I want to say some more, but at the (laughs) very least, at the very least separate your personal from your business assets because that is so important because prime example you say well what should i write down what should i do well if i get if you have a service provider your service provider right you're a consultant yeah and you tell me oh well nakosha if you pay me ten thousand dollars i'm going to come in and analyze your business talk to your people and motivate and blah 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 but there was no written contract on what you were going to do, how you're going to do it, when you're going to come, how long this is going to be. Because mm-hmm. there are people, I, as scary as that may sound, $10,000 in the U.S. is a lot of money, right? Yeah. And there are people who are doing business right now with no mm-hmm. written agreements for that amount of money. Yeah. yeah. And it just blows my mind. I'm like, what? Hello? Yeah. Anybody home? Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Um, it's sort of like, I love you, mean it. It's just one of those things where it's like, 
let's just create some standard things. So if something goes wrong, we are on the same page. You cannot tell me you are on the same page with spending X amount, even if the thing cost me $5, right? Mm. You can't tell me we on the same page when I don't know when the thing going to get shipped. I don't know what is involved in the thing. It's just basic understanding. I want to be have some baseline of an understanding in any business, whether it's a $5 transaction, whether it's a 10 plus thousand dollar transaction. I want to have some baseline, have some baseline. You're going to get X on this day. X will be shipped on this day. I will commence services on this day. Mm. I will do X for you. You will do X for me. If you don't do X for me, this will happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, that it, it, all it is is a very defined set of expectations on everyone's part. Well, so a few no legal mumble there. jumble things that are important. Yeah. So consult with a lawyer. But I know a lot of people are like, well, I can just go get a template on the internet. Yeah. Okay, you can get a template on the internet, but that template is probably not going to address a lot of core things for your business. And you can go in there and plug and play. But as a practitioner, I can definitely see when someone, something is reading in one way and then boom, something that it's like, yeah. correct. Uh, that that was a copy paste. Oh my God, they pulled this from somewhere. It don't even flow. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, oftentimes yeah. practitioners in the beginning are a lot cheaper versus when we have to clean up. So you may think, oh, it's going to cost me thousands of dollars. I know business practitioners who will draft basic agreements anywhere between $300 and $500, $700. Think about that. And if you had to split that up in multiple two payments, that's not a lot of money. That's not a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But of course, I never made even my first sale and I'm only selling $10 widgets. Well... If we're only selling $10 widgets and you haven't sold a $10 widget, we got problems (laughs) that we need to talk about and some other things. But it's one of those things how your strategy, what I talked about in the beginning, it all comes back to in the brewing pot. We have Mm. to develop that in the beginning and then we integrate accordingly. But at the very least, separate the personal and the business asset. That's a long answer to say no that's great that is great so I funnily enough I was just thinking that the other day we're in a mutual group that we're both in the same group oh yes someone posted in the group I don't know whether you saw this because I'm sat here thinking I wonder if people are thinking well if I have a contract it seems really official and really serious one of my very best business friends does websites He, he does my website for me and he does various other website things and he always has a contract like And I look at the contract, I read the contract, I sign the contract. He has payment terms, he has all the good stuff. And that doesn't bother me in the slightest. And I know some people might feel that if they're the one having to give the contract out, that it feels a bit heavy and a bit serious. Well, I'm only doing social media or I'm only selling a widget for $10. Like they might worry about that. But funnily enough, someone in our in our mutual group posted a few weeks back that basically they have a contract and terms of agreement, and they sent it to someone. And this person came back and basically said, I've never had to read or sign anything like that before. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to do it. Did you see that post? I believe I did. And one of the key things is that is not your, that is not your ideal client. That is not who you want to work with. Run as far, far away as you can. If you're familiar with the movie Forrest Gump and the words of Forrest Gump, run Forrest, run. (laughs) Run, Forrest. 
you need I do a lot of movie quotes um it's a good oh, way to relate these. and um <laughs> tie things together can you imagine Forrest with them braces just as running as fast as I was yeah. running and it's like you have got to run that yeah. is not think about it if they are booked if they are con- challenging you on your contract, just imagine what they're going to do with the deliverables that you give them. Oh, a nightmare. A draining, a draining yeah. experience will then interrupt you from delivering with your other clients who make you happy, who pay yeah. on time, who signed your contract with no questions, who are do see how that's going to trickle down. So mm-hmm. this is why we have to develop that strategy in the mm-hmm. beginning to know who we're going after. And yeah. there may be people who get in our funnel or our system who may not be the ideal fit, but their mm-hmm. red flags will definitely get them out immediately. Yeah. This is one of those things where you say, thank you, but no, thank you, please, sir, ma'am. Absolutely. Because there's nothing going to be written in any of those things that is like trying to do one over on someone. It's just li- like literally clearly stating, this is what I do. This is what you do. And, and like I said, even when, you know, Ben is a very dear friend of mine mm-hmm. and I trust him implicitly, he trusts me implicitly, but that doesn't matter. This is business. And this is his business, how he makes money. And this is my business, how people find me and I'm paying out a considerable amount of money for him to do something. So I have no problem with him or anyone giving me a contract, not at all. So uh, do you get people who are nervous about that? Like that they think people are going to. But it's one of those things where you get presented with contracts daily. It's Mm. in the transaction. It's in the experience. When you stay at a hotel, when mm-hmm. you, it's a, it's a terms and conditions. When you get a cell phone, when you get on mm-hmm. Al Gore's internet, which your internet service provider, there yeah. are terms and conditions everywhere because people need to have something to fall back on to say, when you, we entered into this particular relationship, we both had a mutual understanding of what was going to occur. So obviously mm-hmm. we have to go back to what our mutual understanding was if something goes different. And it just sets the tone. I wouldn't want to work with a web designer who didn't have a contract. I wouldn't want to work with a photographer or a social media manager because how are you can, if you don't even have that in place for me, that scares me about my deliverables. And yes, you can paint a pretty picture as much as you want with your social media and your portfolios and make me it appear that you know what you're doing because there are a lot of things that are shiny object syndrome, but you get on the other side of that object, maybe it is linty, it is dirty, ain't seen a mop or a broom or anything. It's just chaotic. So it's one of those things where I want to make sure that when I engage with a service provider or I'm getting goods or services, they are of quality and I'm going to get what I, you advertise that I would actually get. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think from my point of view, if I'm kind of trying to think of everyone else who's listening, it feels scary. It feels serious and heavy and concerning, but I guess it only feels that if something goes wrong and you do not have that protection in place. That's member, proactive, reactive. Yeah. yeah. If we are proactive, it will definitely make it less icky wicky. Mm-hmm. If we are being reactive, you now have to deal with the problem. So we have to deal with the problem. Then we have to fix to make sure this problem doesn't happen at the same time. And then until we get a resolution with that problem, we have multiple fires to put out as a result of us having to be in a reactive phase versus if we were proactive, we could just sprinkle a little water on it. (laughs) 
and it's gone. It's gone. Honestly, Nicrosia, this has been so, so good. You make me feel very at ease with this whole process. And I can only imagine that's what you do for all of your clients. I try my best to make sure the client journey is one where you, I don't take on a lot of clients. Mm -hmm. So that is one. So I can provide exceptional service. Two, I want to make sure that my client experience is one that I would want to have coming from parents who had businesses when I was at an early age and seeing the experiences that they had. My father, like I told you, was in transportation logistics. So he was afforded opportunities with Fortune 100 companies. Mm -hmm. And those experiences weren't always the greatest. But that wasn't it was one of those things where I vowed in having that exposure at such an early age. I tell you right now, exposure kids. Even if they don't take on business, they're watching, they are listening, they are sponges and seeing the things that I saw with how to have a good uh, client experience was so profound. My mom started off in healthcare and her bedside manner transitioned when she went to her accounting practice. And my mom always had a thing for numbers and and her nickname is Sunshine because that is how she interacted with her patients is how she interacts with her clients now. And so that exposure to me made me always want to have a great client experience yeah. and educate. I worked in education before I went to uh, law school. Okay. So I worked there and worked with the teachers who provided the curriculum for our district. And those women and men provided exceptional service to the thousands of teachers that they had to service. And my director, who was over curriculum, told me the value of creating an exceptional experience. Mm. So So it just trickled down. So I had experience in government. I had experience in private practice with my parents. I had experience just being a consumer Mm. and how that made me feel. So I'm projecting how I want people to feel. Yeah. And and in a subject like this is so key. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a really good accountant who is great to deal with talks to me and the level and how I need it and and that's what you need because otherwise you just these things are very much out of our comfort zones for most of us yes you know unless you're a lawyer and an accountant they're really out your comfort zone so you need to work with someone who you're going to be like oh thank goodness I can ask those questions Mm -hmm. I can bring them into the business they understand what I do and how I do it and yeah I honestly this has been so so good thank you so much thank you for having me Obviously, we're going to link up to everything in the show notes, but is there somewhere that you hang out that you would like people to come and find you on? You can find me on Instagram. I'm I'm very active there. My um, name on Instagram is Esquire44. Um, if you want to book a consult or any of those things, the link is in my bio. Uh, awesome. But my website is AndersonLawFL.com. And I have a form where you can fill it out and we can go that process and get you started and we can discuss as much as we need to to try to figure out so how we can be proactive instead of reactive love it thank you so so much for your time today it's been brilliant yes i enjoyed it thank you there we go that was the lovely necrosia that was really good episode i really enjoyed it um okay don't forget to go check out the club if you haven't already com forward slash the club And I will see you next week for a solo episode. See you then. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.